it's Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Yeah, five minutes to grab everything at Toys R Us. Okay, I got my running well, shoes get on. Going. Go left. No, right. Look, Chess. Go for the video game. One of these would be nice. Twenty would be better. <sighs> Look, telescopes. We'll need that to see all the stars. Hey, oh, oh, ah, seeing stars, all right. Man, that hurts. Well, get going. I got it. Hey, Pete Kyle, keep moving, keep moving. But I gotta grab one no, of the no, don't take that. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name is Joey. And I'm Andrew. And this is our in memoriam for <laughs> Toys R Us. Uh, Closing no. down for good. Yep. The news right. broke March 15th of this year. 2018 if it's 2019 now and yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh which means also new no more super toy runs yes which was nickelodeon's angle on it yeah just a uh, a casualty of the <laughs> unfortunate news yeah um so we're going to talk a little bit about the super toy run right just reminisce that's right um we'll also talk about uh i'll, I'll share a little bit about some i think interesting stuff about how like toys r us was founded um, and we'll also share some quotes from, uh, two of the actual kids who were, uh, just one of two of the lucky ones, <laughs> the, you know, you wished you yeah. were them. Yeah. Uh, they did a great interview with AV club about two and a half years ago. So we'll share some of the, like their, their, uh, information on the, the run. Uh, before we do that, uh, we always like to hear from you guys. And actually we'll start with Ethan because, uh, this whole episode, he emailed us saying, in honor of the demise of Toys R Us, you guys should do a discussion about Super Toy Run. So uh, it was that e- <laughs> simple email <laughs> that uh, spawned this kind of uh, midweek episode. Yeah. And um, so here we are talking about it. So thanks, Ethan. Always yeah. good to have people kind of... It's nice to help people generate ideas. Yeah, Because totally. sometimes we just miss stuff. Um, we also heard from uh, Phil... And uh, Phil is a first-time writer, and he's just discovering the podcast. So he's going to talk about an episode a little older. In fact, I think both of our letters today are about older episodes, which is cool. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's nice to know people are still stumbling upon us. So uh, Phil says, hey, guys, I just happened upon your podcast last night while searching iTunes for Rocco's Modern Life Things. I just finished the Ren and Stimpy vs. Rocco cast and have a couple comments. First... There are a couple of ways out there. Uh, there are a couple of way out there comparisons between the characters. Ren was touted as unlikable and over the top angry. While I can agree with this, I have to point out that Mr. Bighead was essentially the same character. He was exceedingly bitter and angry, with only a few moments of redemption throughout the series. I personally like this type of character because I'm the same way. But I can see where the abrasion would be a major turnoff for newcomers to the show. Similarly, uh, or maybe conversely, you call it, you call it lads, uh, there were some secondaries that didn't get enough love, namely the superhero characters. Really, really big man and Powder Toast Man both had their own charm. Also, each did their own storyline or dedicated episode. Don't ask me for the episode names because I'm lazy and can't be bothered to research. But Powder Toast Man had at least one, if not uh, full length, more full length episodes. Um, it's the old story of he gets dis- disheartened, goes into exile. The kids come to rescue and convince him to return. 
really, really big man, I'm sure had a similar thing, or at least from what I can recall, he played a major part in the episode where Rocco got power and responsibility at the comic uh, shop and went overboard, kicking Filbert to the curb and treating him like gutter trash. Uh, Secondly, the soundtracks. The original compositions in Rocco were great, but how can you possibly argue with Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies during tense scenes? I'm specifically looking at the Haunted House episode with the ghost trying to free himself. It totally worked because of the level of absurdity. I would guess that's what the creators were going for, absurd music to fit in with absurd stories. Finally, on the animation, you're comparing apples to oranges. What works for one uh, would certainly not work for the other. They were both amazing, but only because they fit exactly the show they were drawn for. Part of Ren Stimpy's charm was the muted and somewhat primitive colorings, whereas Rocco's bright colors and scenery were what worked for it. I also have a special love for terrible animation, I might add. I absolutely love Comedy Central's Dr. Katz because of the horror drawing. I cannot deny I have nothing but love for both shows, however, in each, each for its own reasons. Uh, Rocco is something I can sit down with my own rug monkeys and watch, whereas I wouldn't let them anywhere near Ren and Stimpy. I'm actually shocked that the latter was even allowed on a kid's channel, to be honest. I suppose that's why it was yanked and shuffled over to MTV, where it fitted in perfectly with shows like Beavis and Butthead and Daria. I imagine this might get blown over just because it's so out of date, but hey, I had to say my piece. I'm planning on going through and checking out the podcast in order now, start to finish, present, what I've heard I love. Keep up the good work, guys. P.S. I hated Are You Afraid of the Dark, Spongebob, Catdog, and pretty much anything after 1996. I also found Roundhouse to be much more entertaining than all that, or I did at the time. I've recently sat down and watched, or tried to watch, a bit of all that and found it to be the most idiotic SNL clone ever. <laughs> so thanks, Phil. Uh, yeah, that was great. Um, I pretty much agree with everything except for Roundhouse and Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really like to just hear anybody who's into animation. I like to hear about the... Yeah. The love for that, and I really like Dr. Katz too. Yeah, me you know, too. That was, <laughs> that was a, a good mention. That was a great one. Um, and yeah, no uh, episode is too old to write us about, so if yeah. you're just finding the podcast and you want to say something about opening credits, that yeah, doesn't yeah, matter that it's episode definitely. 52, go ahead and <laughs> go ahead and message us. Uh, I think we had one other person about an older episode. Uh, this one's from Kenny from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Hey. Uh, he says, hey guys, just wanted to chime in and say I discovered your show beginning with your Will McRobb interview a mm. few weeks ago, which was fantastic. He said that or you're saying he that? He said that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been hooked and binging on your podcast ever since. BOC has replaced my regular rotation of weekly podcasts, and in turn, I'm already 36 episodes <laughs> into your show. <laughs> and I've loved every minute of it. More than the subjects of each episode, I'm very much enjoying the meta-narrative of your show, which is the relationships you've kept with your friends over the years. Mm. I think the show is as much about that as it is 90s Nickelodeon, and it's part of the magic that keeps me coming back. I'm just writing in to comment on the episode, The Tale of Laughing in the Dark versus The Tale of the Crimson Clown, Mm. which I just listened to yesterday afternoon. Firstly, Laughing in the Dark wins hands down. No contest (laughs) in every category. It's just not even a fight. Let's make that clear. Secondly, to further my point, just listening to clips from the show on your podcast seriously spooked me. <laughs> Look, I'm 31, I'm a 31-year-old man, and I've been driving with Uber full-time, night shift, in South Florida for going on two years. I can tell you that, indeed, the freaks do come out at night, <laughs> and I've seen horrors you wouldn't believe if I told you. 
All that is to say that I'm not scared easily at all. But I was brushing my teeth yesterday in an empty apartment listening to your episode in broad daylight, and when clips from Laughing in the Dark came on, I seriously had to do double takes outside the bathroom door just to make sure Zeba wasn't lurking in the background. With the episode's eerie carnival music playing, I imagined how horrified I would be if suddenly Zebo popped up behind me in the mirror, and it made me close the door just to be sure of my clown safety. So yeah, I'd say Laughing in the Dark holds up, guys. Again, love the show. Keep it up, and I'll keep listening. Really cool. Thanks, Kenny. Yeah, thanks, Kenny. Really nice. Uh, uh, Glad to hear he likes the element of bringing in the friends. Yeah, yeah. This is not one of those episodes. (laughs) A rare episode. Yes. Uh, Today uh, we'd have no third person. Um, But speaking of this, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I think Laughing in the Dark was one of the few things that like legitimately scared me when mm. I was a kid. Yeah. Something about that episode did stick with me and I was like worried about I think it was something about that Zebo smoke coming from the next like somewhere where you can't see. Yeah. So I'm like waiting for that smoke. Behind the to corner, appear. under <laughs> the door. Yeah. Yeah. I and the and something about the way there's a few are you afraid the are you afraid of the dark episodes that are shot in a certain way that feels more cinematic than mm, yeah. some of the other episodes and so like this one just had a feel and I think yeah. like car- the carnival music is part of that and uh, yeah just a really well done episode um, and the production design which I think the production yes. design on Are You Afraid of the Dark is usually pretty good but yeah really pretty incredible considering how low their budget must have been and how many they were making yeah 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 and it's not like they were it didn't seem like they were reusing a lot of props or not noticeably mm. anyway. yeah 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 well yeah. uh so thank you to phil and kenny feel yeah. free to keep writing us as you uh stumble through the podcast uh please getting through 50 is no small task so. yeah. <laughs> uh but as andrew said we're talking super toy run today and so uh, I wanted to just share a little little Man. history on how Toys R Us came to be. Mm. Um, and it's actually been in the news, of course, lately a little bit. But the founder of Toys R Us is a guy named Charles Lazarus. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so an indirect Nickelodeon uh, <laughs> in, uh, uh, connection. Uh, he was a World War II veteran who actually served as a cryptographer uh, during World War II. Uh, when he left the war, when came he, when he came home from the war, uh, he took over his father's uh, store, which uh, was mainly like old used bicycles, hmm. um, and this was in Washington D.C. Uh, he his father turned over the business to him at the young age of 25, uh, and he converted the store from bicycles to children's furniture, so carriages, strollers, cribs. Ba- any baby stuff and he called the store children's bargain town <laughs> uh and it was said that it was like the perfect moment because the baby boom was happening post-world war ii um but what he noticed is that like people would come by a crib or something and people only ever need one crib pretty much and so they weren't coming back uh so a customer actually told him that they thought maybe he should start also selling toys you know to put in the cribs things like that um, so he, in the 50s, opened a, another store called Children's Supermart, and uh, all the R's in Children's Supermart were turned backwards to make it look like a kid had uh, <laughs> written the name. Um, and then he will finally, uh, in 1957, open the first Toys R Us, R backwards, in Rockville, Maryland. Um, and so 
1957 is born. He says toys are a great kind of thing to sell because they don't last that long. Uh, and they said the company ultimately, uh, the ultimate success of the company came down to Mr. Lazarus's ability to master one basic question. He would ask, "What do children want to play with?" Uh, quote: When you look at what the creativity of the toy market is, you have to have imagination. You have to think like a child. Um, so he ran Toys R Us all the way until 1994. And then he stayed on as an ambassador for when other nations around the world opened the store. He would go and, like, help. Uh, and Lazarus's inclusion of toys into the retail store in pursuit of the big box store model, um, it doesn't seem like he's been very well recognized. Um, but he seems, like, pretty crucial as far as um, entrepreneurs, yeah. like, kind of in that library of should be in that high standing. Um, yet, I noticed he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Hmm. Um, so maybe someone out there That's can strange. change that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too lazy to. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so ultimately, um, as we know, March 15th, it was announced that all Toys R Us would be closing. And not one week later did Charles Lazarus die. Uh, so he died yeah, on March 22nd uh, at the age of 94, one week after the announcement. His mission was complete. Or over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, kind of an interesting, interesting dude. Um, and uh, Nickelodeon, I guess, will uh, work its way into its history. <laughs> okay. So, super. Uh, <laughs> so, a little bit about Toys R Us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very interesting. Toys R Us. Have you been man. there in a while? I haven't been there in years. Yeah. I mean,. I was probably an adult, yeah, well, pretty much, yeah. But it's been years. One thing I was thinking about since we're talking about Super Toy Run is that I'm not sure the modern model of the store would work. It's so um, spread out, and now they have Babies R Us and Kids R Us mm. in there, oh, and I like see. They weird sections where it used to just be rows. Yeah, that's true. So it seems like a be a real challenge. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's pretty upsetting. It's like the last, <laughs> last kid sanctuary kind of. You yeah. Know? Like, a, uh, a, like especially when we were kids, before you could get things online, uh, it was just like it was awesome. I mean, yeah. That was the place. Oh heaven. Yeah. <laughs> that and KB Toys. Uh, I you know I never I mean I know of it but mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure I was like ever really there. Oh okay. Like I don't know if we had a Toys R Us More... just closer or. Yeah, well, it always seemed like Toys R Us had its own, like, brick-and-mortar location, yeah. standalone, yeah. and then KB's was more of a, if you're in the mall oh, type place. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. But, uh, so, what, how, how, do you, how is it you want to talk about the Super Toy Run at Toys R Us? Well, um, well, let's talk about how it works. Yeah. Um, five minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you're a kid. Uh-huh. You get, uh, I believe, unlimited carts if you yes. have the time. Yes. Um, to run down the aisles and grab as whatever you can. I mean, any anything you can get your hands on. <laughs> um, so it kind of like, man, it was just such a. It was all. It was so surreal as a kid because you figured, well, I'm never gonna be able to do this. <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, is this is re- this really happening? Is enough to like make me feel better yeah. about the world? I guess. Nickelodeon's 12th annual Super Toy Run, where this year Nick's gonna set one grand prize winner free for a five-minute toy for all in a Toys R Us store. They'll also get $1,000 cash. 500 first prize winners win a Tiger's Talk Boy FX Plus. Toy! Yes! 
To enter, just fill out an official entry form at participating Toys R Us or Kids R Us stores. Or send a postcard with your name, address, age, and phone number to Nickelodeon Super Toy Run Sweepstakes, P.O. Box 4. And did you find that, um, well, one thing that I thought was weird about it is that, like, these only ever aired on commercial breaks. It was never, yeah, like, a full... Yeah, what was the deal? Uh, and throughout this episode, you'll hear some of the commercials, but... Why not like just make a 30 minute special? Because yes. I would have watched it yes. and been very excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the run itself is five minutes. There's five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, they eventually started like taking kids to locations. Like we'll read a, co- a little bit from a kid named Andrew Moose, who they mm. brought to Hawaii, Honolulu, to do the run. Yeah. Um, so you definitely, it feels like they really missed the opportunity to yes, do more than that a seems bumper. very weird. I didn't see this when I was... Uh, refreshing my memory on it, but mm-hmm. I, but I thought I remembered like a, the second place person getting something like a minute run or something. Yeah, they they did, and then like third place got like a coup, a gift certificate yeah. for like eight hundred dollars or something. Yeah, yeah. eight hundred Jeffrey bucks. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 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 Jeffrey bucks. Jeffrey bucks. <laughs> um, that was a real. Were you able to find the starting date for when the toy run started? Um, I didn't find... No, I didn't see what the first one was. My best guess is I think it started in 1983. Oh, Um, that's earlier than I would have ever guessed. The only only evidence I would have for that is on YouTube, there's a commercial for the 12th annual toy run, and it was 95. Oh, So it seems like it would have to be, although, again, finding the footage for most of these is impossible. Yes. Um, Um... so we kind of said this took place at Toys R Us and KB Toys. Yeah. So yeah. I guess whichever one was close to you, you could kind of... Yeah, it seemed like KB's was more the 80s, what they used in the 80s and oh, 90s. I see. They went into Toys R Us, if um, they were lucky enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've talked a little bit about what, but maybe we should uh, just hit upon it briefly, uh, what you would grab. I mean, mm. I mean it's a I tough... Mean, yeah. Strategy, what would your strategy be? I was a real fan of like action figures. Mm. I really liked that tactile toy. So I probably would have gone to the toy section maybe during the time period, probably looking Batman-related stuff, mm. Jurassic Park-related stuff. Uh, so I think I would have gone action figures, video games, and just loaded up. Oh, yeah. Because if you remember, video games, they just had a piece of paper. Yes. Everybody knew this. <laughs> it was like, why are you not just grabbing all the papers? Boom, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going action figure, video games, ooh, maybe like super soaker type stuff? I don't oh, know. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was like new when we were yeah. kids, which yeah. seems weird. But yeah. I was thinking about the stuff I'd be excited about. Yeah. The super yeah. soakers were like a real focus of yes. my wants. Yeah. Um, yeah, super soaker, just to briefly <laughs> touch upon that, uh, I remember the first couple were like very simple. Mm-hmm. And yeah. over the years, they just got so complicated <laughs> until you got like a backpack of yeah. water. Up. Yeah. But um, but just refilling it was so timely oh, that you like yeah. went back to the, just the original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pump! Yeah, yeah the pump. Boy. That's right. Um, I think yeah, I would have I would have gone straight to video games yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Right off the bat, mate. The uh, systems were always like in my head, but I was like, if I got to grab these boxes, the full boxes, then I'm not sure that might be like prime cart real estate that I. I might want to save for other things <laughs> yeah but uh 
and then I'd probably go to the bikes just because it's so like valuable and yeah. I'd have one and then I'd be able to have a bunch to give away or whatever. And um and then I think Mighty Max toys were like a big thing for me at the time. Oh yeah, uh, those were cool. Especially like those uh, and I don't think I ever had one like it was like a big playset where you could open it up and it's just like a huge thing with like different rooms in it and stuff. Anyway, that was cool. So I probably would have gone for that. <laughs> yeah, I like those. Uh, did, did you, on one of the commercials, I also saw that in your run, you could like get up to $500 worth of stuff for your friends. Oh, I, oh, really? Yeah. At least in one of the commercials I saw. I mean, I figured you're just grabbing your stuff. Like if you want to give some of that away to yeah. your friends, like, okay, like, is there a rule against that? They find out you're going to give it away. They're like. I don't think so. We're going <laughs> to confiscate those. Yeah. Um, there was one that was really... There was a couple pretty funny uh, videos that I saw. One was like this kid um, that was just... He seemed in shock the whole time. Like, his whole attitude was like, this is a dream. I think he even said at one point, like, this just feels like a dream that I'm just waiting to wake up from. <laughs> He was just speaking for all of us. I know. It was just so good. I was like, wow, this is how I would have been. Yeah. Um, but another kid, I noticed, uh, they were kind of like doing the commentary in the background, like mm-hmm. talking about what he's grabbing. Oh, he's grabbing this stuff. And then it's like, oh, he's getting something for his neighbor. Yeah. And it's like a line of Barbie dolls. Oh, yeah. And he, <laughs> he's like, he's just piling stuff in his cart this whole time. And then he go, it, it gets to that point and he just like knocks one over and grabs one Barbie doll and puts it in the car. Like, real nice. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think the, that one you're referring to is Douglas Berry. Oh. Nick went further than ever before to make one kid's dream come true. I am Doug Berry from Chapin, Illinois, and I'm on this year's Super Toy Run. Aloha. Yes, this year, Nickelodeon's Super Toy Run went Hawaiian. Transporting Doug Berry 4,000 miles to tropical paradise. He prepared, he pumped, he powered up, and then he proved that at Nickelodeon, kids really do win big. On your orders. Get set. Go! In a five-minute rampage, Doug found toy paradise in tropical paradise. Videos, sporting goods, telescopes. He grabbed it all. He even got stuff for the kid next door. And when it was all over, Doug had bagged almost $10,000 worth of toys. Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. Next year, it could be you who gets to say... I sent in a postcard and I want all of this. Nick's Super Toy Run was brought to you by KB Toy Stores, Roadmaster Motorcycles, Bicycles, and the place where only kids win... Nickelodeon. Uh, and you want to hear something from him mm-hmm. about it? So this is, he actually made the run, and this is uh, at least something he said. Uh, he said, in full, in the interest of full disclosure, some of the shots from the commercial that look like uh, they're from the toy run are actually staged. And I guess that makes sense because you don't want a cameraman swarming around a kid when he's mm-hmm. actually racing through a story. We actually shot the stuff the day prior, so I had a really good idea of the layout. Then Nickelodeon went way above and beyond, just like with Andrew, who... The other kid, we're going to talk about Andrew Moose. I didn't get to rearrange the store per se, but for instance, if there was something on a high shelf that I wanted, they would bring it down. Mm. If there was something heavy that I wanted, they would just put a tag to it that I could grab and throw in the cart. My dad insisted on me picking up this giant Barney plush doll that was about four feet tall. I asked him why he wanted that, and he said, because it's $500, so get it. (laughs) 
Really, really, the only stipulation they placed on me was don't spend too much time in any one section. You couldn't just rack up $45,000 if you just spent the entire time in the video game section. But they wanted more footage than that. Other than that, though, they let me have a full survey of the store where where do I empty the carts, how many carts do I think I'll need, stuff like that. Any objects that I specifically wanted easy access to. In that sense, there was a full scouting mission. I think they actually shut down the store. I've never thought about this, but Andrew brought up a good point about the store disruption. I have to believe that they shut down the store for at least a couple of days to get this all prepped. It wasn't at a Mm. mall, so it was a smaller store. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't consider that. I figured this was like a great, relatively cheap marketing ploy. Yeah. Like, how much could a kid (laughs) really grab? Yeah. Um, But... That's that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, especially because sometimes when I was watching, when you watch the clips, and we've talked about this with um, Nick or Treat, where yeah. the kids are running from, yeah. or like, go faster, or like <laughs> whatever. And sometimes with the carts, you were like, go faster, go faster, yes. get more toys. But I guess if they've already scouted and know exactly what it is they're yeah. getting, it makes sense that like, you know, they know where they're going. Yeah, yeah. Andrew from the Toy Run mentioned that he got four bikes. Hmm. Um, which I thought was an interesting decision. Is there anything besides video games you feel like you would have like bulked up on for like your friends? Like, yeah. Ooh, I knew I know people want this or. Yeah. Um, I, well, I, I did say the bikes, but um, pretty much anything like my, in my mind as a kid, my strategy was anything that's got those papers <laughs> instead of a yeah. box or whatever, grab yes. those. Yeah. A bunch. Just fill a cart with those papers. Yeah. yeah. It seemed like on average, I noticed um, the kids won anywhere between like nine to $11,000 worth of stuff, hmm. which is really substantial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no wonder Toys R Us is out of business. <laughs> uh, I mean, that sounds like a lot, but at the same time, how much would a commercial cost? And like, how much are they saving by yeah. doing this with Nickelodeon? That, that's and, true. It's yeah. it's great. It's great advertisement. Yeah. I mean, it couldn't possibly <laughs> get me more excited as a kid to go. So, yeah. I, I did notice that in 2005, it changed to the Great Big Toy Run. Mm, and what's that all about? Uh, it's the same thing. It's just oh. a different name. Um, <laughs> And the last one I could find evidence of happening uh-huh. was in 2016. It was in South Africa. Oh, wow. So I don't know if that may have been the all-time last one. I don't know. Johannesburg? The Toys R Us at East Point Mall in Johannesburg recently played host to the Nickelodeon Toys R Us Ultimate Toy Run. Four of our lucky winners each had 60 seconds to scout the store before getting 60 more to fill up their trolleys. What a prize. Um, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, there's definitely not going to be any more. I couldn't believe they were doing... First one I saw 2005, I was like, I couldn't believe they were doing it that long. Yeah. And then 2016, (laughs) I was like, I didn't even heard of this for 20 years. Especially, again, especially because, like, it was never an event besides, like, maybe during the summertime or something where it felt like the commercials started popping up. Yes. And you're like, oh, like, no. Uh, there's actually a, there's a fun clip of Andrew Moose, uh, with Mike O'Malley. Uh, let's hear that. We're here at the finish line of the 1995 Nickelodeon Super Toy Run Sacramento, California's Andrew Moose, also known as the Moose. He's behind me right now. He just turned this Toys R Us upside down, folks. He scored big, a mountain full of toys, loads of screaming fans. We'll talk to him in a minute, but take a look at this run right now. Go! 
So Mike's very excited, and I think like Nickelodeon figured out it would be fun for Mike to commentate, but they really could have taken that further, like get Mo in there. <laughs> yeah, I, I did see one. Uh, I don't, it might have been the same interview. One kid talking about Mike, tell, giving him strategy about how to yes uh, how to go about this. He's done it a few times, and he's like, I know, I know what to do. Yeah. Do you wanna Do you wanna hear this quote from Andrew Moose? So, yeah. It's a little longer, but um, he says, "My experience was pretty surreal when I think about it. It was the night before the actual event, and this is the kid they flew to Honolulu. Um, I was really starting to get nervous, like, oh my God, this is real, and it's actually <laughs> taking place. The last couple hours before closing, my mother and I and Mike O'Malley and another official from Nickelodeon were wandering around the store. My parents were talking about some details with the Nickelodeon guys, but Mike was talking with me. With, uh, with things like big ticket items, those were ju- those were things that would obviously need two adults to pick up and bring to the front register. So they would just bring out a big cardboard tag to represent that. So that was the time where I was like, okay, those. I remember I got four bicycles, four easy pieces of paper that you just had to pick up and throw in a cart. That was really where I should have gone nuts. I'll never forget wandering around with my mother in the last few hours before the store closed. Anybody who shopped at Toys R Us in the 90s would remember that the video game section was just kind of an empty aisle with a bunch of pieces of paper and little plastic pockets on the wall. And you would take that piece of paper to the register and they would purchase it. And then you would go pick out the game from the security cage in the front. So that was when I selected all the games I wanted. And I would... And it was an absolute surreal experience. Any video game that relatively piqued my interest, piqued anything, if it caught my attention, I grabbed it. I had this big phone-sized stack of pieces of paper, each one representing a video game. I'll never forget this one woman looked at me when she saw a stack of paper, the stack of paper, and then looked at my mother and just made that judgment like, this is the worst parent in the world. She thought my mom was taking me on a wild Richie Rich shopping trip or something like that. Um, Michael Malley really was a huge help to me though it was strange it was like an adult talking to a child like he was talking to another adult giving me strategy like okay the actual rules are if things fall on the floor that's just as good as in the cards I couldn't believe that oh, he- <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe that he was like literally just knock things on the ground on the actual day of the run I, w- I was so overwhelmed with the fanfare going on that I didn't remember that until I was in third or I was in the third or fourth aisle. Then I was st- started punching things off the shelf and knocked action figures on the ground and things like that. It was a mess, really. So. Oh my goodness! I mean, that changes everything. That like yeah. I would have just held my arms out if I was long enough and <laughs> took both aisles out at the same time. Yeah, but, but we talked about on um, Nick or Treat that. You know, these kids are pretty young, yeah. and so it's got to be pretty stressful. There's, like, yeah. 50 other kids there screaming their heads off. <laughs> Michael Malley's there, camera guys. Yeah. So I imagine it would. I'm sure. There would have been, those would have been the two rules in my head, though. Paper and <laughs> knocking stuff on the ground. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's all you got to remember. But who knows if this was, like, some universal rule or Michael Malley being like, listen. Oh, I <laughs> Knock stuff on the ground and I'll make I it happen. I would have. <laughs> 
been so pissed at Michael Malik if I did that. And then they're like, well, you didn't get anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Thanks a lot, Michael Malik. Yeah. Well, uh, it was uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That, that was like one of those dream kid things that just nothing could compare to that. If you were one of the kids that did it. Yeah. That... It must have been kind of tough because after that, that's there's nothing else probably that's going to happen in your life like <laughs> accidentally like yeah. that. Where you just, the best possible thing falls in your lap. Yeah, you yeah. entered into a competition, which again is a very 90s thing, like send a postcard. And... Yeah, I was going to mention that. I mean, we've talked about this before, but as a kid, I had no idea where to get a postcard. I'm like, where do I get <laughs> postcards to send in? I don't know. Yeah. Well, last week's guest, Candace, you know. If oh, she was they... around, she would have been able to help. Remember, she's a master yes, of postcards. Yeah. Do... Um, she said she claims that you could make your own, I guess. I don't know. I thought she said yeah. that. <laughs> it was just very, I just, I distinctly remember that because everything at that time was postcard, postcards, and yeah. then a self-addressed postcard. Yeah. Like, wh- how? That, yeah. with uh, with that, with Nick or Treat, with um, the school, what is it, Nick takes over your school. Yeah. But that must have just been an incredible feeling for them to show up and be like, yeah, you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I wonder how life changes yes. for you after that. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, these seem like guys probably well-adjusted, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, the, other, the other weird part is, like, you got $10,000 in toys... And probably they have almost none of it now. You know, yeah, what I mean? like yeah, it'd be hard true. to hard to maintain. Yeah. Um, just one last thing about postcards is, <laughs> I don't even know where to get postcards now. I mean, I know I could go online and find them, mm-hmm. but if I were to go out and look for postcards, yeah, it seems like souvenir shops. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> In your hometown, yeah, you just like purposely go to a museum. <laughs> like I'm here for some postcards. <laughs> I need about fifty postcards. What? Yeah, I bet you like one of those big box stores maybe has a section near the cards. I guess. I mean, you never did it, did you? Send postcards. A postcard to... um, I would if like we went on vacation somewhere. It seemed you like you would get one and then send one in to one of these things. Oh no, not oh. no. I yeah, it seems like why didn't I do that? But I guess maybe the postcard was the hangup. <laughs> If it was now, I'd be sending a thousand postcards per event. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Hmm. I wonder. I wonder, like, if they don't do it now because, well, I guess they were doing it. I wonder how kids submitted email. You know, <laughs> hashtag. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except for that, it seems like things have really gone toward not physical stuff. Like, yeah. Like it really. <laughs> the thing in my mind that was like the breaking point for that was. Uh, I remember they used to have on the caps of pops, like you would win a free pop every once in a while, mm-hmm. like one out of five or something. Um, and then when they switched over to like enter this code online, it's yeah. like, oh, that's it. <laughs> and that's, it's, it's all over. <laughs> the golden age is over. Yeah. Um, anything else on Torrent? Well, uh, um, it's just a dream. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the. It's just one of those weird Nickelodeon it's, things that seemed too good to be true, yeah. which Nickelodeon specialized at. Yes, things they really did. Very small snippet of things where it seemed too good to be true, but it was it was not set up. It was yeah. it was happening to kids. Yes, they were. <laughs> they were one of the only like things like that where I ever felt afterward like, well, 
okay, it was real, <laughs> so good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm happy with it. Like, no, nothing like that, the lottery or whatever. I'm always somewhat skeptical still. And like, then, is it's happening? And in this case, it's almost endearing knowing these details that Nickelodeon not only did it, but, like, tried to help the kids do yeah. it successfully. Yes, yeah. That's, uh... That's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe they weren't doing the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, you don't get to see the store until you go in. The trick is stay away from the paper stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, Boy. you know, a real... A real feather in 90s Nickelodeon's cap. Yeah. Yep. It's sad to see it go sure in is. 2016, yeah. two years ago. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's a shame. I, I hope that Nickelodeon finds some other replacement thing I do too. without Toys R Us. But yeah. uh, one last thing I want to say about Toys R Us, though, is I've, I don't know about you, but I've read varying reports on why they closed exactly. Hmm, I haven't. And, I mean, the, the. Besides their debt? Uh, well, that was, I mean, yes, that's the underlying cause, mm-hmm. but like why I guess that happened even. Um, but I, I think like the easy assumption is like Amazon and the internet just put yeah. them out of business. Yeah. But I heard somebody claiming that uh, it was just bad. Like they were just running the, whoever was running it at the end was just running it poorly for the last few years uh, and just caused it to go out. Yeah. But, so I don't, that would really be a shame. Yeah. I think I heard there was like 800 stores countrywide. Yeah. And that's a lot, but it seems like a business, like kind of Charles Lazarus said, it seems like a business that shouldn't go out of business because yes. people will always want that yeah. stuff. Especially because they, they babies are us and kids are us and they expanded. Yeah. It seemed like, I don't know. And even more so like right now. Yeah. Right when there are no stores practically at all. Right. Like, there's no toy stores. The like the it's just ripe for somebody to come along with like a really cool toy yeah. store. What are they gonna do now? Super uh, <sighs> Bed Bath and Beyond Run or <laughs> <laughs> Like what yeah. boy, what's the next next stop, I guess? Yeah. Well yeah. Uh, well, another end of an era. Yeah. Um they, they sure were fun to watch. Fun to I think more than fun to watch because, like we yes. said, you didn't actually get to see much of it. Uh, Living thinking, through these kids, vicariously yes, through these kids, loved thinking about it. Um, yeah, and like, like laying in my bed at night and being like, "If I had that car, yes, <laughs> I'd have that new Jim Carrey Riddler doll." <laughs> <laughs> I always dreamed about it, even though I knew I wasn't entering. I was like, yeah. "Maybe somehow." Yeah. <laughs> some they got a hold of your name, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true. There, I think that is also like the kid mindset of like, no, I didn't like, do it, but it probably could happen to me. Like literally anything could <laughs> yeah. happen. When yeah. you're a kid, you're like, I know it yeah. somehow. <laughs> hey, we heard this is uh, Andrew Andrew's house. Uh, is he available to do a tour? Yeah. Well, of course I am. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm here. <laughs> I think that probably goes along too with like the lack of perspective of like you know there being. 400 million people in the country oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he, not just your neighborhood but also at the time i figured how many kids are really getting postcards and sending them in i mean the odds probably weren't as bad as we oh, thought probably not probably not <laughs> I'm, i don't know <laughs> um so yeah toy, well, toy run good times yeah it, it really was yeah sad to see it go yep i think the only place now like well, that I know of off the top of my head that sells a lot of Nickelodeon memorabilia is uh, F- FYE. Oh. Um, they, they sell... Which is just a miracle that they're <laughs> open still. Well, I'm sure, yeah, the, the clock is ticking, but um, <laughs> death is at the door. Yeah. Go to the wayside. Well, uh, shall we uh, discuss 
this was a fun midweek stop. Yeah. But we, we have a pretty big episode coming up this Sunday. Yes. Um, We're going to be talking to a Nickelodeon star, <laughs> the one and only Venus DeMilo. That's right. With us. Yeah, uh, she played Telly Radford on Salute Your Shorts. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so one, of my, one of my favorite... One of my favorite camp members. Uh, I picked her as my best friend <laughs> when we did girlfriend best friend uh, enemy, um, and she's you know she's been in a bunch of she was in a ton of '90s stuff yes. which we'll talk about next yeah. week. Um, so we're gonna interview Venus and we're also gonna do our top three telly storylines from Salute Your Shorts <laughs> yeah. after the interview. So like which storylines we thought were the best that she was in. Um, so that'll be really cool. Yeah, can't we're, wait. We're just racking them up now. Will McRob, <laughs> Venus DeMilo Thomas. Who's uh, next? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast. We're on Instagram at Orange Couch Podcast. Email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Podbean. You can find us on iTunes, of course. And the best way to help us out is to tell a friend or leave a review. And, um, you know, I guess try to get to your local Toys R Us before uh, the time is up. Yes, please. Until then, we'll see you next episode. Since I was 15, I have ran everywhere you can run. I'm not done with my traveling, so let's run, let's run, let's run. I'm not done with my traveling, so let's run. So let's run, let's run, let's run W-A-R-T Ward